You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. Hello, this is the RUV English podcast. My name is Darren Adam. Thank you very much for your company. A special edition today because I think we really need to just step back from a story which takes so many twists and turns and is so confusing for that reason. It feels like a story that if you miss just one detail, you might be lost forever. I'm certainly speaking for myself on this. And this is the tale, the story of the wage disputes that has been running between the union Epling and the business body SA in Iceland for what seems like forever. It is, in fact, only a couple of months, but it does seem as if we've been talking about little else. So serious is the dispute and so complex are the issues. So I turn to my colleague here at Roof, Peter Magnusson, who is going to try to unpack some of this. And I guess we start by saying, Pieter, that we are talking right now just after four o'clock on Wednesday afternoon, sometimes with the podcast. You know, there's a bit of time between the recording and the time that they're published. We want to minimize that as much as possible here. So if you if you listen to this podcast when it's published, it'll almost be live. But even with that, we have a caveat, don't we? Because there is and we'll, we'll cover everything else in just a moment. But let's start with what we know is happening tonight, Wednesday night. Yeah, so tonight uh, there were some developments uh, where Applink had planned some strikes uh, that would start on 28th of February, but they did, uh, well, push them back due to a vote at SA uh, about a lockdown. So SA wants to to impose a lockdown as a measure to try to to get some results into the negotiation, which would mean that that. Uh, almost 20,000 employees in Applink would not be allowed to come to work and would not be paid. So this is kind of a reverse uh, strike from, from the employers. Yes. And, and we're expecting the result of this vote uh, at six. Okay, so this is a vote among the, the members of the business association, essentially. They will decide whether they think they should compel the 20,000 members of Applink not to come to work. It's them imposing a striker a work ban, it's sometimes called. It's a, it is another strange twist and a story of strange twists. Okay, we might come back to that. But as I said at the start, I would want to go back to really first principles on this because this is such a lengthy and complex story. And you know, we should make no apologies really for being as um, as fundamental on this as we're going to be. When we talk about Epling, firstly, they are a union and they're a big one. Yes, absolutely. I, I think a good way to 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 start to understand the narrative is is to introduce the the main characters that sure. are, are are involved. So, so I would like to start with with Appling and and, and Solveig Anjonsdottir, the, the the chairman of Applink. So Applink is one of the largest trade unions in Iceland. Uh, the union has around twenty seven thousand members, and and this is uh, mostly. Um, well, uh, some of the lowest paid workers in the country. Uh, these are people who work in factories and in garbage collection and public and transport services and uh, hotels and restaurants. And they're mostly based in Reykjavik, around the capital. Uh, what is also unique about Epling is that this is the, the union that has the highest percentage of, of immigrants and new Icelanders. Uh, so they often feel like they have a very special position within the Icelandic labor market. So trade unions like Epling, they negotiate salaries like other unions, but most unions in Iceland, they 
they negotiate within sort of larger coalitions, uh, such as ISE and Starfkremsambandet. But Applink has has mostly remained outside of these large coalitions when negotiating salaries, uh, due to this this uh, sort of special position they they have in the labor market. And these negotiations have often been, as you know, quite contentious. Um, Solveig Anna herself, the, the chairwoman of Applink, is is sort of a controversial figure. She she's seen as a very hard line and and sort of uncompromising labor leader and activist. She was a prominent figure in in the protest after the financial crisis in two thousand eight, and was even prosecuted for uh, for for being one of the nine people who tried to enter the parliament building during the protest. Uh, but in 2018, she was elected the chairwoman of, of Applink and, and was um, was the leader of, of that union during a very contentious negotiation in 2019, which also resulted in strikes. Uh, but well, in, in 2021, she she uh, resigned after some, some disputes uh, with with the staff in Applink and, and was then re-elected a few months later. So this has been a very uh, interesting process to follow Solvegana. So she's very popular within the union. That's Epling. That's the union. The other principal side of this is SA, which means what? Yeah. Well, some this is Samtuk Atunlifsen, sort of the Confederation of, of Icelandic Enterprise, they call themselves in English. So this is an organization comprised of roughly 2,000 companies, uh, which employ around 70% of the Icelandic workforce. So this is a very huge, um, a very large um, organization. Um, so they have the CEO called Halter Benjamin, which is the on- other main character in, in this dispute. Uh, sort of, he is kind of a quirky character. He is, wears a three-piece suit and has has uh, very dark, unkempt hair. And he, he's sort of an eco- economist who's been involved in the in Icelandic industry and, and commerce for a while. Uh, he was director at Iceland Air, and he was uh, he was uh, the secretary general of the Icelandic Chamber of Commerce, uh, but has been at SSA uh, since since 2016. And and this is a very difficult job because every time that uh, that a union has to renegotiate a contract, they have to, or in most cases, have to go to SSA. Um, and this year, or last year, to be more specific, uh, an usually large amount of of contracts were were free, so they had to renegotiate a lot of them, and and this was an unusually uh, difficult time because of there's economic insecurity. There is a lot of lot of uh, like the economic situation is very volatile in Iceland, as it is in in many other places. So there was this um, expectation that the negotiations negotiations would be very difficult mm. this year. But other unions presumably have managed to have those negotiations and have those deals in place. So why have Epling either not managed to, or why are they holding out for something different? So in uh, late last year, Halter uh, Benjamin and Santagatunis reached a uh, well reached a contract with uh, with which is one of the the coalitions of unions. Um, now this was. A slightly un- unorthodox contract because it, due to the economic instability, they they had a very short term contract, only around fourteen months. So this was a modest uh, pay rise, around five percent, uh, and some some uh, bonuses. This was retroactive to, to November uh, twenty twenty two, um, but there was also a uh, promise to continue negotiating 
a different contact that will replace uh, this one when it when it expires in, in 2023. And Halter Benjamin viewed this contract as sort of a template for the rest of the negotiations this year. So when the other trade unions started negotiating, uh, they were offered the same or a very similar contact contract. And most trade unions accepted this, except for Ebling, because they believed that this was unacceptable for their members because of their, well, their location. They're mostly based in Reykjavik. Mm. Also, these are these are percentage contracts. Uh, so they they promise a percentage price, which was well, unacceptable acceptable for for Epling sure. membership. And that's something that has come up, hasn't it? This idea that well, certainly Epling make the case that to live in Reykjavik is more expensive than in some other parts of the country, and that needs to be taken into account. That's one of the cases they've made. Absolutely. And also when you have a low salary, then a 5% raise is less than if you have, a, let's say, uh, yes. or an average salary. So, that, so they want a specific amount of, of kroners to be raised. Right. And so Epling, again, just to be clear, Epling are not going back on a deal that has already been made. They haven't yet made a deal. Is that right? No, they, they, they have rejected this deal uh, often. Uh, however, I think it's time to introduce like the third main player of sure. of this, which is Alex Levson, the chief negotiator, or or he's the state consolation and mediate, mediating officer. Uh, so he's sort of like a marriage counselor between these two factions, the the employees mm. and and the uh, uh, the workers. And he is new, which we will come to, but uh, yes, he's, he's currently in the chair, isn't he? No, so so he, this is this will be before. I'll I'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so he he's the one who he he took office in in or he he's he uh, started working as the uh, the state cons consolation mediation officer in two thousand twenty one. He's he's this very uh, sort of yeah he's an interesting figure as well. Uh, he's a former former director at the European Free Free, Free Trade Association, and he's a uh, he sort of uh, has an education in in. Uh, in negotiation tactics, and and he's sort of a very respectable person in in this field, a respected person in this field. Um, so what happens when when uh, negotiations become very contentious, or either party has no hope for resolution? They they um, they refer the negotiation to Alstom, or to the to the state negotiator. Um, and Appling's case was 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 referred to to Alstom. Because this is where where it becomes really complicated. Uh, so Alstedt, uh, he he took on this this negotiation between Eplink and SA, but there was no um, no result. So Eplink um, they announced that they would go on strike because neither side was willing to concede their their positions. Uh, so what Alstedt did was he uh, he uh, he proposed what is called a mediation proposal. Uh, no, a mediation proposal might not sound bad, but it was a very controversial decision. And and mm. and because in a normal negotiation, uh, Solveig Anna and her team would reach a compromise with uh, Halter Benjamin and his team, and they would have to agree on a possible contract, and then the members of Eplink and ASA would vote on that proposed contract. Uh, however, but a mediation proposal entirely bypasses this first compromise and lets members vote on a contract that is is not necessarily uh, agreed on by the two negotiating parties uh, and this this mediation proposal was essentially the same as the first deal uh, that that SA 
uh, offered, which Solveig and, and Epling had had refused many times. So Solveig was, was very unhappy. Even Halder Benjamin was unhappy because uh, Solveig said that this was uh, as the taking away the union's right to to negotiate by themselves. And other labor leaders also criticized the decision. And, yes, and, other and unions said that was a strange position for a union to be in, that they would have their rights to essentially have autonomy and negotiating rights taken away. Absolutely. And and there were calls for Alistair to resign, but he had uh, the support of the government, both the PM and the Minister of Social Affairs and Labour Market. They supported Alistair's decision because it is legal. Uh, the chief negotiator can't do this. Uh, However, when it came to getting the list of Epling's members, Epling refused. They didn't want to, to give the chief negotiator uh, the list of members yes. so, that, so that they could vote on the proposed contract. That was the electoral role, really, wasn't it? You couldn't have the election without the list of, the list of voters, which in this case was the membership of the union. Exactly. Uh, so they took this to the court. Uh, the district court said that Epling had to to uh, well hand over the list, but they appealed, and then the Lands Court, which is sort of the Court of Appeals, uh, they they uh, decided that Epling did not have to hand over the list, so the chief negotiator was unable to to well call to a vote on this proposed contract. Uh, so what happened next is that that Alastair, who who felt like his tools had been taken taken from him, mm. uh, well he he resigned from this particular dispute. He's still the the chief negotiator for everything else. He's still working on on other negotiations, but there was a different man who was hired only to to oversee this particular dispute. This Austral Haraldson. So he is. Well, the, so the state mediator has not changed, but he does not have a view or input into this particular case. Someone else has been brought in yes. as, a, as a compromise, I guess, to try to get things moving. Now, Certainly. it did seem, and, and do stop me if we're moving too quickly here. I think I might be going too quickly for myself as much as anything else. But let's go back to last weekend where there were certainly signs of hope, weren't there? You had a meeting taking place between the chair of Epling and also the chair of SA, not 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 Haldor, who we mentioned, but the chair of SA, in which the chair of Epling and the chair of SA seemed to be getting on quite well. There were some some images coming from that meeting that indicated they were getting on quite well and having reasonable conversations. And for a couple of days, it looked as if maybe this was going to go in a different direction. Indeed, Epling had suspended the strikes until last Sunday, and then it all went wrong. Yes, it did. Uh, well, turns out that that uh, just changing the negotiator doesn't really change the positions that that the two parties want to want to end on. Um, Epling still refuses the contract that SA is is proposing, and SA is not willing to compromise enough for Epling to to come over to their side. Uh, so there is an ongoing strike with hotel workers and uh, and um, drivers who who transport fuel. Um, this has been going on since Wednesday, and another uh, another strike was uh, was announced on uh, well next week on the twenty eighth of, of February. But this has been pushed back, well mostly because of of this uh, this vote going on in SA about this lockdown or this this um, 
this uh, work stop. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's also because Applink wasn't able to to hand in the correct uh, set of, of uh, documents to the state negotiator to actually enforce uh, or to start the the, uh, the strikes. Right. A lot of people are wondering why employers would want to compel so many workers not to come to work, because that's going to make running a business difficult. Do you, do you have an obvious answer to that? Because it's puzzled a lot of people. This is uh, workers always have this this threat of going on strike, which which of course disrupts uh, the businesses that that want to keep driving fuel around and they want to keep hotels open. And hmm. uh, what what companies have instead is to suspend work for all employees, so no one gets salaries. Because if you go on strike, at least you get paid from from uh, from from some funds that that support strikes. Uh, but this is all, at least so far, has been limited towards well, limited to hotel workers or limited to to drivers. What SA is proposing is or threatening is to suspend work for almost twenty thousand members of Applink indefinitely, so they won't get paid. Now, this is the people with the lowest uh, paying jobs in Iceland. This maybe many members of Applink uh, aren't able to to. Well, they maybe don't have a lot of savings because yes. their 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 salary is already very low. Uh, their expenses uh, maybe are are a big part of their salaries already. So so uh, so saying that they won't get paid and are not allowed to work that that's a big deal for maybe many uh, members of Epling that were already hesitant on on striking. And is the idea that it would then persuade those members who don't want to strike to put pressure on their union to say end the other strikes? We've we've had a we've had enough of this. Is that the thinking? Yeah, absolutely. So this the position we're in now is that uh, each uh, Applink is trying to coerce SA to to back down on their demands, and mm. SA is now starting to try to do the same with Applink. They they want. Appling to take this deal that they've already proposed without make, make, making too many conditions, uh, and and um, well, it's it's a standup. It's it's mm. we're we're now just waiting for um, the result on who will will cave in first. For their part, SA have certainly said in the past, and they've said more than once that they don't think it would be fair to basically give a different deal. To Appling, which is what this come what this would come down to. They say it wouldn't be fair on their members who have an expectation that they wouldn't have to sign a better and more generous agreement. Is that still SA's position? That's their principal objection to this, isn't it? It, it is, yes. Uh, yeah, and, I, I think I think that that's that, that's the biggest biggest thing uh, because they had a very hard line on doing short term current contracts on on uh, doing modest. Uh, pay rises and some bonuses um and and that is still their their mm. position that, that they want to uh they want to be consistent and not what they say break any promises that they've already made there is a lot of concern from people who are planning to travel to iceland stay in hotels maybe drive around even that these strikes are going to have a real impact on their ability to do so at the start of this i say the start of this the start of this phase of this I know that a lot of the affected hotels were saying, well, it might be the case that you don't get clean towels for three days and the restaurant won't be open, but, you know, you can eat somewhere else. Do we know yet how these strikes 
um, particularly if this does go to a, a work ban, what kind of impact is this going to have on the tourist sector particularly? Because so many of these workers do work in tourism and work in cleaning hotels and such like. Well, th this is a very unprecedented situation. We haven't really seen uh, a... a a labor dispute that has has been this contentious and 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 uh, well this volatile, um, and it's been a very long time since since I started covering labor issues. Uh, there I have not seen uh, a, a work stop yet. Tourism or people in tourism have their concerns. Obviously, there people are now thinking that maybe uh, people who have booked in hotel aren't going to be able to to stay at that hotel and may just end up without any accommodation. So now there are, are um, well, ho hotels are trying to start some some uh, sort of shelters for mm -hmm. possible tourists that, that won't have any accommodations uh, due to the strikes or the work stops. Uh, but I, I think we have to be honest that that we don't really know exactly no. what the the uh, the effects of, of of this will be if there is a work stop because we haven't really seen this before. Uh, I think there's there's definitely going to be some disruptions in in the transport uh, transport of of food and gas. Um, there will be something uh, well some some disturbances with with people's travel and and tourism, uh, but we don't know. No, the extent of it. And some of those workers who are striking are truck drivers. They ferry fuel and oil around. Well, petrol essentially, petrol and diesel. So some petrol stations already, I think, briefly closed last week. And the fear will be of panic buying. The fear will be of people filling up maybe when they don't need to, or worse, trying to hoard petrol. This was a concern. Um, incredibly, some people were were trying to store petrol in. In, in plastic bottles, I think was one report that I heard, which is about the last thing that you want to do, of course. Epling's area of operation, as you touched on, it is Reykjavik in the capital area in the southwest. So outside of those areas, if you're in Akureyri or Eilstadr, this won't be biting yet. But if we do get to a work ban with 20,000 Epling workers, even if they are confined to the, the southwest and the capital area, that is going to have a knock-on effect potentially all over the country. Absolutely. So mo many of, of the smaller unions uh, that negotiate within these coalitions are local or they're based in, in, in local areas and, and in, in small small towns. Uh, so the strikes themselves don't necessarily uh, affect these areas outside of Reykjavik as much. However, there are, are uh, Applings members who, who drive food. Uh, between between towns and between uh, between sections of the country, mm. so I, I think if there's a workman, if there's a, there's if all twenty thousand remaining uh, members of of Epling that haven't had their no, or haven't had their contracts extended, I think that's definitely going to have an impact on on uh, at least most. Uh, sort of major areas in yes. in uh, in Iceland, and th there's a real sense that this is this is bad and getting worse. But the ultimate destination is so bad that nobody wants to get there, and and yet we've broken through all of those stages already. A work ban for any significant length of time with twenty thousand people out of the workforce, obviously that would be devastating for them, but it would make the running of companies so very difficult as well. Obviously, nobody wants to get there, but that doesn't yet seem to be enough to this 
to stop this from getting worse. Yeah, this this situation, this standoff doesn't seem to be sustainable. This this is a this situation that that is unprobable to 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 last for a very long time. Uh, in these situations, the Icelandic government is is very quick or or not necessarily quick, but they are likely to step in to a certain extent to mm. to mitigate these these very serious consequences that might be. And Appling has already made concessions, so there are exempt uh, ho- hospital workers are exempt. Yes. Uh, the some employees in Appling carried roof. They're exempt. There are uh, some like we won't have a strike that's going to affect the fundamental processes of of Icelandic society. But this might be a, a major disruption, especially for people who are traveling here, who yes. might be uh, who might be well tr- trying to stay at hotels in Reykjavik uh, during a strike or or. A, work uh, work stop uh, but well, uh, ju- well just a word actually on the government because i certainly noticed yesterday there was a meeting of the government during which they discussed this and presumably other issues as well but as far as they discussed the threat of a work stoppage or a work ban and the current state of affairs they seem to be not saying very much other than we need to get sa and epling back in front of each other talking and talking and talking, negotiating and bringing this to an end. The government, as you suggested, they're not really getting directly involved yet other than keeping an eye on this from an emergency perspective. Absolutely. And and most of the discussions between uh, people in, in uh, the government is how can we maybe change the law so that this doesn't really happen again? Because this was a very... Uh, weird situation that happened when when Appling refused to hand over their uh, their list of members when when the state negotiator had uh, well put forward this mediation proposal, um, and even the, the minister of of social affairs and work market he hasn't uh, well, he suggested that that he would be interested to see that that case go to the Supreme Court, uh, even though. Alastair, the former uh, negotiator in 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 this dispute, and uh, and Soloyana, the the chair of Eplink, had uh, well agreed on on not going to the Supreme Court, but that's not out of the question yet. Yeah. Uh, so most of the discussions now in in Althinki are around how can we change these labor laws to to prevent this type of situation to happen again. And that will ring alarm bells with with some labor unions, with with some workers who will feel that that is maybe a sledgehammer to crack a nut or not the right kind of approach to fundamentally change the rights that they believe to have to withdraw their labor in, labor in, in circumstances like these. It's a fascinating and worrying situation and a complicated situation, I think it is fair to say. And as we said at the start of the conversation, Pieter, there's every chance that by the time someone hears this conversation, much of it will be redundant because it is moving at such a at such a pace. But thank you very much indeed uh, for helping us get our head around where we are and trying to just demystify some of these names that keep popping up. Um, how long would you say this dispute has been running? Just it, I mean, it goes back to the start of last year, really, doesn't it? That we can we can we can mark the point at which a serious disruption or serious dispute had had arisen and was arising between SA and Epling. Yeah, absolutely. And even even this this dispute has roots in 
in uh, uh, earlier disputes within ISE, which uh, which led to a walkout of of Applink and and other associated uh, organizations uh, in in November. Uh, so this is this has been a long time brewing, and yeah. and and this very contentious situation has, well, we've we've suspected that this might be a very difficult negotiation yeah. for for months now, um, due to these these two individuals, Halder uh, Benjamin and, and Solvenas, um, very sort of uncompromising view of this negotiation. Solvena said very early on that that she wasn't gonna gonna accept. Um, the same contracts as the other unions have have uh, accepted, uh, and she hasn't backed down, and neither has Santa Catalina. So, so this has been a long time coming. Yeah. So, thank you so much for your time. I'll let you go back to the news desk to monitor any further developments. Uh, Peter Magnuson, my colleague here at Ruve, guiding us through this dispute, the ongoing dispute, as we sit here at just after 4.30 on Wednesday afternoon, on the 22nd of February, as we have this conversation, the ongoing dispute between SA and the Union Airplane. This is the Ruve English podcast. Get in touch anytime. The email address is english at ruv.is. You're listening to the Ruve English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English.